everyone welcome to another episode of trick talks my name is barbara lally and today we are here with dahlia how are you today i am wonderful so happy to be back how are you doing i'm doing great yeah so i guess are you ready to kind of jump into it let's do it okay so last time you were on it was march 24th so almost a year ago can you tell me what has changed in that time I knew you would ask this question and it's such like, honestly, I'm not going to stay here for very long, but it's like a bag of worms kind of question. And I, and I know that that's like happened to everybody. Uh, so yes, the last time we talked, well, so it's really interesting because since then, I believe I have become a full-time stepmom, mm. which I mean, I've worked with kids for most of my adult career and, uh, however, having them and raising them is a completely different, you know, bag of tricks. And it definitely triggered me emotionally in a lot of different ways. Since then I have also, um, and I know you and I connect on this level. I had to put my Australian shepherd down who was also, oh, you didn't know. Um, oh no. So she was also my psych service dog for hair pulling. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. But it's really fascinating because I work with nervous systems and her nervous system, she had a lot of trauma. She lived on the streets for four years. And I know this is not what like we're all about here, but she, <laughs> you and I are, um, yeah. she lived on the streets for four years. And then I had her for four years and moving across the country, living with another dog. They kept getting into dog fights her trauma came back up and it started to fragment her nervous system. And she like, they were having dog fights and, and I, there were a lot of choices and this was, I had to make a choice that was in her best interest mm -hmm. for her, not necessarily what other people in my life thought I should do. And I hate that word should, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, my husband, of course, was like totally supportive because I mean, she just, she was, she was reacting to environment and, and she was like my soulmate. Mm -hmm. And if I had given her to somebody else and she would have had another dog fight or God forbid hurt a child, which is what we were like, that's where it was going. Um, they would have just had to put her down. And mm -hmm. so we actually had a whole magical ceremony and I actually, I had, a. This is going to sound so woo. Uh, I had lots of sessions with an animal communicator and, and she had told me that she had never gone into somebody to a dog's soul records who was like, yes, I am ready to leave her. And I want to do it with her, not somebody else. So we started this podcast off like totally dark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. But it like, it was, it, it's, um, I am at such peace because I know I did what was right. However, this was a very, very, very challenging, probably six months because of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been rough, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. With all that being said, there have been so many miracles and blessings and, and my work of working with others has really just like lit me up in so many different ways, but it also triggered my own, my own past on so many different levels. 
And so I've had this incredible opportunity to heal deeper wounds within myself that I'm not pulling over. Mm-hmm. I did pull a little bit actually, which that's int- like in December 12, one is when we had the ceremony for her. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I allowed myself, you know, to pull a little bit. And that was, that was just part of how I was grieving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now that, you know, I'm not pulling anymore, obviously, but it's just, it's been a very fascinating journey, honestly, since this, since the last time you and I really connected. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about your pulling during that time. I, in 2020, put a pet down, not battle, but my mm-hmm. before him. And I, it was the first time I had to like do that. So it, it put me in, I mean, I was grieving like, cra- like I never have before. And I feel like everything was like clouded. And so I didn't necessarily pull like as much. I just wasn't, I wasn't myself at all. Do you Mm. feel like you had a similar experience? I am very much into feel the feelings, feel them. Hire support, find Mm. your friends, move through it. If we don't have the support that we need, find it. So I did the opposite of like numbing out. I was, I was very, very present. I was talking about it. I was moving through it. I was dancing through it. I was doing all the things that I teach people. Uh, and, and it, it, it was, it wasn't pretty, it was ugly. And there were a lot of cycles in there where it's like, you know, I've been off of my anti-depressant depression and anxiety meds for coming up on six years now. And there have been three, <laughs> three different times in the last nine months when I'm sitting with my husband and I'm like, I think I need to go find a psychiatrist. And he's like, it's just a band-aid. Like, thank God he knows me. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I know you're right. It would just, it's, it's a band-aid. And, and I, I mean, there, obviously there's situational depression and there are reasons people need medicine. However, based on what I do for my clients and what I do for myself is like, I know better. Mm-hmm. Like if I needed it, sure. But there were things that I wasn't doing to help my mental health just because I was also grieving. And mm-hmm. so I moved through it. And each time I got back up on the horse in terms of action and resiliency. And I feel like each time that I did that, it, it, it opened up this whole new like exposure and rawness of what true deep healing looks like. Mm-hmm. And as I exposed those things because of all these different situations, it was all coming back to like, oh, so this is why I pulled out my hair. Mm. <laughs> right? Like, so this is, and it was all coming from a place of worthiness. And, mm. you know, I, you know, for anyone who's listening, like I didn't have to get back on any kind of meds, which I was really grateful for. Um, I was able to do exactly what I do and pull my, and, you know, pull myself out of it. I understand the desire to be like, you know, no, we're just going to go to the meds because that is easier. And, mm. and it is. However, at the same time, I'm so determined to have my brain health after numbing my emotions with medicine since I was 15 years old and doing it for over 25 years, being off of them for six years, like I'm still learning, Mm -hmm. right? And so I didn't want to have something to to numb that out, to cloud it Mm -hmm. because 
it's it honestly like it just keeps getting better and better and better it's just the cycle god it's ugly sometimes mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to take us out mm -hmm. that was a long answer to your question <laughs> No, and I think I think what I can relate to with you is like, you know, I was, you know, in high school and, and things like that, like pretty heavily medicated. And I think there is because, you know, you and I have both been on medicine before there is that like, oh, like, should we go back? And then it's like, wait, no, no, mm -hmm. no, been off of it for so long, like, we don't have to like, you know, but there is beca because we have had that already, we kind of understand, okay, well, this is what it's going to do for me. Do I want to be back there? Like you said, do I want to? numb these things when I can be feeling them and going through them in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, about your pulling that happened fairly recently. It's interesting uh, because I mean, I still consider myself in very much. I mean, I am recovery, you know, I don't, I don't label myself as a hair puller. I I am not, I mean, I am brilliant, I am creative, I am loving, I am compassionate, I am not a hair puller. I mm -hmm. am in recovery for hair pulling, I'm in recovery for lots of different things. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I mean, God, who isn't these days? <laughs> um, and recovery looks like different things to different people. And, you know, so for example, one of my clients, she's a teenager and I think at this time last year, actually, she had just had like one week of not pulling her eyelashes and eyebrows. And she just had like four months of growth without touching her eyelashes and eyebrows. And then she had one day where she pulled a few and, it, and, and she got right back up on the resilient course of action and she hasn't touched them since. And that's called a slip. Mm -hmm. So what I, and so it's like, what I asked her, I'm like, let's just keep counting those days. And she was like, that feels really good to me. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't have to flush all those days down the toilet. Like that's just ridiculous. So for me and my husband was even like, do you still, are you sure you want to keep going with this? I'm like, it's okay. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a few spots on my head that were always my target places, right? We all have them. I have studied some of the symbolism of and the scientific background of like why we go to certain places and it's fascinating and it was easy and I only did it a little bit but it was like it was just that kind of feeling that I needed which is ironic because everything I do is like learn how to feed that need differently for your specific sensory nervous system and your specific nervous system. And I, I proactively chose not to use the tools that I knew would work to help me. Right. So mm -hmm. like, and that's the funny thing is because so many people, well, they may want to stop or they may want to discontinue or they may want to grow out or keep their skin clear. Uh, but they don't know the how to get from point A to point B. And that's where like, that's where I'm brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I know the how. And I was just like, no, <laughs> um, I don't feel like doing, you know, 100 jumping jacks right now. I don't feel like getting on the trampoline. Uh, I really just wanted to sleep, take a bubble bath, maybe pull a little hair. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's what I did. And 
And this is what I, you know, I really encourage people that no matter where you're at to just do it with self-love and compassion and grace. I knew it wouldn't be forever. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wouldn't allow it to get to a place where I wouldn't be able to stop. Mm-hmm. And so I gave myself a very, but that's because I've been in recovery for years. Mm-hmm. I would not, what I'm saying right now, I would not encourage somebody who is pulling on a weekly basis because what has happened with my brain is, and it's funny, I was just making a recording about this for my new program, but like previously when I was in the grips, my neuro pathway of pulling was so strong that it was impossible to get off on the theater road of using the tools, putting the hands down, doing the sensory, getting outside, you know, keeping the mirror covered up whatever you want to do. Um, and, and now my, my neuro pathway is so strong of recovery that it was actually the feeder road of like, I'm just going to pull a little bit and then I'm going to close off that feeder road and get right back on. And that is totally what has happened. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good recovery right there. If you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, the fact that you can stop at all, you know what I mean? You get like, because I, I do feel like sometimes there are some times even with me where I'm just like, I just, this is, this is kind of what I need. Like, I don't want to do it forever, like for hours at a time, but there are moments where I'm like, like you, I, I have things I can do, but I don't want to. I think this will satisfy the need that I have. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, now it's, Well, so now I refuse to go searching on my head or my skin or anything like that just because I had that little slip. Mm -hmm. And I do know enough about the brain that it's like I am not going to stay on that path because I know where it leads. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a beautiful wig in a box, in a closet that I want to stay there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I don't need to pull that out. Um. And so, so I have, yeah, so I mean, it's just, I've done all the things and gotten back up on the horse so that I know that, that that was just like, it was a slip and it was totally fine. And yeah. How did you get into the mindset of being able to tell yourself that and be like, it's okay, it's fine. You know, instead of, you know, before maybe when you were in the grips of it, like you know how I was, even now sometimes for myself, I'm like, ugh, why'd you do that? You know, the negative self-talk starts coming out. How did you change to get into that positive mindset and just treat it like, okay, that's fine? That is a really good question. I've been asked this before. I do a lot of work on my mindset. And when my mindset when my own accountability and determination is failing me, I have people to go to and I I hire help. I'm very, very pro asking and paying for what I need for me to help me get to where I need to go so that I can really do my life's work and help as many people as I can possibly help. And I'm not willing. So I'll tell you what, like energetically, I am not available for that kind of struggle anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's where 
you know, the, 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 this is where we have to learn to like stop fighting ourselves. So it is a mindset shift. And when, and I'm going to say something that like many people, many listeners, it may hit them a certain way, some good, some bad, some ugly, some, ooh, interesting. Uh, but, you know, we are all, and you, you, like, I mean, all of us, oh my God, and you so much. So like, you are worthy, you are enough, you are gorgeous just as you are. And it took me being like, there is nothing wrong with you. And there is, and even for people who have diagnoses, or are trying to maybe get rid of their diagnoses, right? Uh, like I wouldn't say I have major depressive disorder anymore, even though medical charts would say that. Uh, I would say I definitely have the potential for depression episodes when I am not taking care of myself. And a lot of that has to do with the mindset, but here's the, here's the trick. It's like all the things, <laughs> it's funny. Um, all of like the hot mess things that I used to be lazy, um, you know, messy, like sensitive, emotional, maybe late, like all those things that made me me have also made me be the incredibly passionate, sensitive, creative, uh, you know, innovative hot mess that makes the work that I do so powerful. So when we can start embracing ourselves, all of the sides of ourselves, and at the same time, getting down to some of those plate, those very, those, the dark crevices in the corners that nobody wants to go. If we don't go there, they will, they, they keep showing up. And if we don't go there and we don't heal what is there, those cycles will just keep happening. And so how did I get my mindset here? I worked on my trauma. I worked on my mindset almost every single day. And those days that I didn't, it definitely would like, well, the ugly sides would come out, the sides that don't really serve me. Those, you know, I like to call her like Nagnus, right? I mean, she gets in the way all the time and it is, it is a daily, anybody who tells you it's not is lying. It is a <laughs> daily, sometimes moment by moment. I mean, I have like affirmations right here across from my desk and it says, you, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person and Dahlia, you are magic, <laughs> right? I mean, we have to give ourselves what we need. Everything starts and ends with us. Mm-hmm. And so it is really taking control not giving away our power to doctors, therapists, parents, significant others, and looking at our stories that we are telling ourselves that create those self-limiting beliefs, right? So that was a very long tangent of like kind of the how or the why, but it's all in there Mm -hmm. and it all matters. Yeah. And the more we do this work, the easier it gets. And so, and when I talk about the easier it gets, my most recent, you know, slip and episode over the last six months has probably been my most challenging time of my life. Mm 
-hmm. But it keeps getting easier. You know, the trouble with the last, you know, six to nine months of my life is like, I've been so raw and vulnerable. It's like my, my higher power and my guides and my universe, whoever, you know, you, you talk to, um, is like, here, we're going to give you all of the rest of the layers of your onion to work on. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was beautiful. What are some, what are some things that you like to say to yourself? I know you say, you know, I, right there, you mentioned, you know, Dahlia, your magic. Are there things that you find yourself repeating or writing down a lot or just things that make you feel, you know, empowered and... there's so much, there's so many different tricks and I think it's different for everybody. But if I could break it down into something real basic, it's a brain training technique with visualization. When we can target the reticular activating system, that little part in our brain that visualizes. And so for example, if you close your eyes, I know you asked for something like, what do you say? But the feeling is what's important. Mm -hmm. So if you close your eyes and you take a big, deep inhale in and you exhale it out and you keep your eyes closed and you imagine yourself going to the mirror, grabbing your eyeliner, grabbing your mascara, and you are looking at your gorgeous, big, beautiful eyes that have all the hair that you want and you're putting on your eye makeup and you're going to work, you know, and you're going to anthropology and you feel all fantastic. And you're like, yes, I got it going on. And you feel proud and successful. And it was like, yeah, I get to wear eye makeup today. That's right. That smile right there. That's the feeling seriously. And if you can bottle that up, like that just gives me chills, but that's where it's at. Yes, there's all these things that we can do. There's all these things that we can say. And we keep saying them to ourselves. I love my body. I love my brain. I am so proud of myself. I did it. I did it. I can do it. I can do it. And it's easier than I actually ever thought it was. That's insane because everybody told me it was going to be so crazy hard. Mm -hmm. But I did it because I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. And you can go on a rant about how proud you are and feel that energy lift inside your body and you stand up taller and you're like, okay, I got this. And that is how we walk around. Mm -hmm. So yeah, giving yourself a pep talk every morning. I have this goddess prayer that I offer to people in my emotional abundance program and and the prescription literally is listen to it in the morning and listen to it before you go to sleep because it is all about like those positive affirmations of getting right back up over and over and over and that we put our brain and body first and what we do for our brain is healthy for our body and vice versa and loving ourselves and you act as if it's already happened mm -hmm. even when that feeling deep inside is like but I don't see it yet, but we just pulled, you know, and, and it's like, you know what? It's okay. We just keep, you just keep on acting as if, 
And to finish this off, it's funny because I did a vision board for hair with some affirmations way back when I'm talking, oh my gosh, how long ago was that? Probably like 15, 15 years or so, 20 years when I was bald and I was shaving my head and I was still pulling and, uh, and I had this affirmation and this was before I knew anything about anything about manifestation or, you know, I was, this was at the beginning of my master's program. And so I was just learning all these things and my intuition told me to like write it out have pictures of people with like different stages of hair growth. And that was kept on my mirror. And I have recreated that a couple of different times as needed. And we keep looking at that. And that triggers our brain to start seeing what we want to see, even if what we may see in the mirror is different. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it's, it literally gave me goosebumps. Can't tell you, I literally have goosebumps on my arm. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that was really great. Yeah, that's really great. No, and uh, it's just great. You're you're great. Um, <laughs> you're like close your eyes. I'm like I will do anything you say. Um, so, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the different parts of like when people fixate on certain parts of their scalp. I you mentioned kind of like you know, learning the science behind that. Can you share a little bit about that with us? So first I'm going to say it's totally pseudoscience. Uh, and, and it's interesting because there is, and, and I say it's pseudoscience because this was not well proven at all, but sometimes we need meaning behind. And this is where we break away from like hard evidence scientific method and it's like, oh, it makes sense, right? So for example, knowing, and I know you asked about the head, but like knowing that you have the most sensory receptors in your hands and your feet is important. So I had a client who was picking at her feet and now she's like over a year, by the way, of not biting her nails, not picking her skin. And her mom has just rehired me for another six months because she was like, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and she's amazing. This, oh, she really is. So anyways, but point being is all of the receptors that we have, this is where it's like, we have to activate our nervous system. And and that's why I feel like people in the BFRB community, we are the most strategic and creative and resilient people out there because we have found the most unique way and we, you know, we can't, can't, can't take claim to it. I mean, birds do it, rats do it, cats do it. I mean, you know, everybody, all the animals do it um, in different ways. And but we have found a very, the nervous system has found a very smart, intelligent way to calm itself from lots of different way, um, emotions, from joy, from sadness, from grief, from happy, from, you know, scared, discouraged. Um, just most people can't really like identify why the emotion behind it. But when you get to the head place, there's different places on the scalp. And I, and I can't like reiterate them now. Um, cause I'd have to go back and look at this 
because I learned this years ago, but it was like, I always pull from specific places. And one was the, I th- what, was it, what did it say? It was like, one was the, like literally the emotional part. And I was like, no kidding. <laughs> right? Like that doesn't really tell me anything. Uh, I was like, I could have told you that. And, you know, before I was even trained in anything. And uh, there was another part that it was like hungry. Another part that is like thirsty. Another, I mean, and it's so it's just, and I don't, I haven't yet found the correlation with clients yet and their their physiological state of being and what they need and the position on their head. Um, but it definitely has some interesting conversation around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even for me personally, I've gone back to the same spot three times over the last like 20 years. Same exact one. Up oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I'm like, why, what's going on here? There has to be something that's what, there's something behind my ear, like that part of my head that is just uh, trying to tell me something. I just don't know what it is. I will look it up and get back to you. I'm yes. going to write myself a note. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, you mentioned earlier about when you have a slip up, you still want to count the days that you haven't pulled and everything. Prior to that, were you someone who, you know, wanted to count and when you did slip up, it was like, oh, you know, how did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, you can have those days, let's continue with the positive. Because it's hard. I know for myself, I would start lying to myself because I didn't want to have the app restart, you know? Oh, self-denial is a real tricky, tricky, slippery slope. And that's one of the reasons that like with this specific client that I made that suggestion with, I was the only person she told. She didn't tell her parents and she's very honest with her parents. And, and she felt ashamed. And it was almost like she needed the positive reinforcement for being that honest and vulnerable. Right. Uh, So for me, I used to, I used to totally track. Well, so here's the thing. You can't change what you don't track, right? Food, gratitude list. I mean, your steps in a day, they made a watch for that. Uh, I, I, right. I mean, like we're tracking everything, um, you know, sick days, I, just everything. I think it really depends on people's place in their recovery journey. So, and it's interesting because some clients, um, I I was working with um, actually a mental health counselor uh, and her hair pulling, and she wanted to, it's different, it's it's different for different people. So it's like, this is where the science sometimes doesn't really matter. (laughs) It really is person specific. Uh, She wanted to count backwards from a hundred. She wanted a hundred days. She wanted to count backwards. And it was almost like as she was getting closer to one, she was like, I'm closer to being able to pull. But by the time she got there, she was like, I don't really want to anymore. Right. Where I have other people who just want to count up and they're like, yes, let's keep going. And I'm like, that's awesome. I have other people who are in the beginning of awareness that the idea of going 
you know, two days stresses them out. So it really means meeting people where they're at. For me now, I don't even keep track anymore. It's, it's interesting. It's very much like a thing of the past. However, for a lot, for probably a quarter of my recovery, I definitely tracked and I was tracking days. And I remember that discouragement when I did pull and I would have to go back. And by the way, like I also wasn't really working with anybody like me. I was working with a typical therapist that I would see once a week. And by the time I saw her, like that one day had already passed. And I already felt so bad about myself by the time I was going into her office, you know, that I was probably on like day five of pulling again. And then that cycle would all start over. And so, I mean, that's just discouraging. And, but with these apps, with rewards, so I have a number of my pediatric, uh, you know, clients under 18, even 21, it just depends on what it is, using specific apps to count and earn rewards for short-term goals. And then they have rewards for like long-term goals. So the short-term goal may be literally hitting that app when you've pulled your hand up, but you've put your hand back down. So reward for stopping the behavior or not going through with it if that's their goal. And they gather points. And when they gather a certain number of points, you know, they get the reward that they were looking forward to. And then you do that for like three weeks and then you get a much bigger reward. Mm -hmm. And usually by that time, I mean, so for example, like, you know, nail biting, usually by four weeks into it, it's a great time to go to the nail salon. And that's a great reward because mm -hmm. that's something that you didn't get to used to do. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who did a little more than a slip up? Maybe it's a few days, maybe it's a lot um, in, you know, a short period of time. What, what advice would you give them? You're only human. Everyone has something. But I know how discouraging that is. And I know how that feels inside. And so that's where, so for clients that I work with uh, in my longer programs, this is where I'd be like, hey, let us schedule one of our one-on-ones like now, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, let's do a little bit of damage control. So no matter what, I always like to walk my clients through a relapse prevention cycle of their stages of change to figure out where they are at, what worked, what happened. And it's not to, it's not to be like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, like that's your coping mechanism. You used your coping mechanism, you know, good for you for using your coping mechanism and not doing something different, right? Uh, we're human. And so learning how to love ourselves through these periods of true relapse is some of the, and oh, I said this to one mom and she did not like this at all, but it's the truth. <laughs> 
<laughs> she was she totally pushed back on this and I was like, okay. Uh, those times are the best opportunity to learn the most about yourself. It is when you are open and raw and vulnerable if you are willing, right? And that's where some real deep, incredible healing can happen. And that's where it's like you need somebody to hold your hand through it because it can get scary. And usually what's underneath it is the I'm not good enough to change this behavior because I'm not worthy. There is a story in my head that I heard from a family member or somebody at school or, you know, it doesn't even like that is actually not my story, but I've taken it on as mine and I'm totally living by somebody else's story. And, and, and it's like, and it's messing with my head, you know? And when people can, in a way, disconnect from a behavior that makes them feel broken or hopeless and see it with more curiosity of what was happening that needed support, that I didn't get support for in the moment, but I found a way to do that. But what was really happening? And sometimes it is as simple as, hey, I was grieving because my dog died. So let it be what it is. And we learn and we pick ourselves back up. That is why I say we are the most resilient population out there. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that, you know, um, another girl that I was working with, the reason that she had hired me is she was like, nobody understands. She, she's been to all of the specialists, right? Right. And, uh, and we know what that means. And she was like, Dahlia is the first person who actually understands and isn't asking me why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's just a waste of time. I mean, you know, we do it because that's what we do. The underlying why is what I want to get to. Because if it's not hair pulling, it's going to be something else. Right? Many times when people put hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, addict addictions down, they pick something else up. So there's this underlying self-limiting belief that people keep operating from. And that's where uh, it's, that's the work. Mm -hmm. Tell us, or tell the listeners, because I know how to get in contact with you. <laughs> so tell me. Tell the listeners um, about you, how to get in contact with you, all your social media, tell everything. Sure, absolutely. So my website is holisticmedicalhealing.com. The best way to contact me is to fill out the contact form there or on social media, uh, holistic.medical.healing. And you can always DM me. I have actually right now for the month of March, February and March as a gift of self-love because I'm all about self-love. It's 500 off my my two signature programs, adults, it's emotional abundance, four or six month program. And for the kids, it's called BFRB superpowers, where I work with the parents and the kids all at the same time, individually, because it is a family thing. We know this. And, and that is also a six month 
program. But what I have going on right now is I am uh, I have a new program that has really developed out of need, trying to fill the gap for people, teaching brain training techniques for anxiety in general. It's like all these underlying things that cause people to do all these different behaviors. And it's really for the highly sensitive person who is empathetic, but high, high achieving, right? Who um, just has some anxiety and keeps getting triggered and they keep going through these cycles. Uh, and it's called the reconnect and it is actually a 10 week program and it is a combination of group and individual. And, and I'm really, really excited about this because it is an easy entry point financially time-wise, you still get a lot of resources. You still get a lot of help. Um, so for people who are more on their healing journey, this is actually perfect for them. Um, and yeah, I think that's all the places. Great. Well, I thank you so much for coming on again. I love talking to you. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up? You know, no matter where you are at in your journey, it helps to have a lighthouse, someone or a group that inspires you, that lifts you up, that helps you see that you are meant for more than behaviors that people may be engaging in. And, and it is worth it because when we are coming from a place of living with diagnoses or challenges, we can't be our best selves. And we really, I mean, every, I, I so wholeheartedly believe that every single person has a purpose. And the purpose is not to suffer. Suffering is optional. And, and it doesn't have to be so hard, truly. So for any of your listeners who, listeners who find themselves like stuck in this mental health cycle of going to traditional healing modalities, psychiatrists, therapists, medicine, there is a place for that. It's not typically enough for these kinds of behaviors. And so going outside the traditional realm and searching for people who have overcome, like myself, um, and also teach, and I'm not the only one, uh, it really is worth it because... Our challenges are given to us for a reason, but they can also be our biggest strengths if we learn how to change them and embrace them and love them for what they are, an opportunity to really step into our light. However, it's really hard to do that on your own. That's what I would say. I think that's great. That's beautiful. So I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect end to the episode. Thank you so much again. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.